Next, on the OHIO Podcast, the Wild Man and Buckeye Boggs look back on their top moments from the 2021 season before they turn the page and begin previewing the 2022 season by ranking the top 10 running backs in the Big Ten. Plus, we replay a few moments of one of our live shows from 2021 when we visited the OSU Alumni Club of Greater Cleveland in Parma, Ohio. And that all starts right now. It's so easy to be average. You know it as well as I know it. It takes a little something to be special, Don. It takes a little something special to be a great player. We don't have enough great players. To hell with that! We don't want to coach average. I don't want to be around you. Why be around average? proud of our young people in the classroom, in the community, and most especially in 310 days in Ann Arbor, Michigan, on the football field. Three things. Number one, the team that hits the hardest and the longest, the team that starts the fastest, and the team is too damn smart to make mistakes. If you take it to them, if you don't make mistakes, and you keep taking it to them, hell, there's no question who wins. Buckeye Podcast, by fans, for the fans, where they hate that team up north as much as you do. It's time for the OHIO Podcast. OHIO, and welcome back to the OHIO Podcast, everybody. I'm your host, Buckeye Boggs, recording live from beautiful uh, North Central Ohio on this Memorial Day weekend. I'm joined by my co-host, the wild man, Chris Wilds, playing Hurt today. We appreciate him joining us today. If you're not satisfied with pickup games and unranked matches, chances are you're aiming higher than most. At Spire, you'll train to be the best. Whether you're drawn to the, the drawn to the pool track, mat, basketball court, or gaming controller, we provide the training you need to achieve your dream. Make our facilities your home or take advantage of free transportation services. Are you ready to unlock your potential? Visit SpireCleveland.com today. Chris, I got a little bit of podcast news for everybody before we dive into today's show. That is that we are on Podchaser. So if you've never heard of Podchaser, this is a platform that you can listen and download uh, podcasts from. It is an up-and-coming platform that's becoming more and more popular. I do believe they have an app for your smartphone as well. Or you can go to their website. That's at Podchaser. We are there. So the OHIO podcast is there. And I got news this past week from a company named Feedspot that – Our podcast, the OHIO podcast, is in the top 25 of Ohio State podcasts in the world, I guess you could say. And there are a lot of podcasts, Chris. We are one of only two in the top 25 that are not owned, operated, and produced by media companies. So I'm not going to name all those media companies, whether they be newspaper, print, or online services. But, Chris, we are one of only two that is fan-driven, that has made the top 25, and we are number 23 overall, Chris. So pat yourself on the back, buddy. Aaron, Nick, uh, 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 we've got uh, the Monk, Jason, 
uh, all of you guys who who help out. We have a lot of administrators, both on Twitter uh, and on Facebook as well. Um, thank you to each and every single one of you. And of course, all of you fans who've spent the time um, interacting with us on social media, giving us five stars uh, when you listen to the podcast. And uh, it. And I asked them, I said, how do you determine we were top 23? And they basically said they take into account a lot of different things. Um, and so we're number 23, Chris. What do you think about that, man? Well, it just goes to show what I've known all along, Eric, and that is that we just are that damn good. <laughs> there you go. I like it. That's so, right. You know, I, I think it's great. I, you know, can't say enough about the people who support us, the listeners who, you know, not only download the podcast, not only listen, but also that come out to our live events and just, you know, interact with us there. You know, they're the reason we are where we are. Speaking of live events, after the commercial break, that's what you're going to get a snippet of. You're going to hear a recording that we did back during the 2021 season at one of those live events. Um, and if you're living in a neighborhood this year where we are coming to to do those live events, we encourage you to stop on out and see us and, and take part in them. They are a lot of fun. All right, Chris, let's dive right in. Now, we, you know you know what they say, being, you know, being copying is a, a form of flattery here. And that's exactly what we're going to do because our buddy Jason and Nick over on Shots from the Shot had a really good show. And if you've not listened to, the, to that, we recommend you go back and check out that episode where they – created starting lineups from different decades. Now, we're not going to go into that depth. That would be an entire show all of its own, Chris. But what we are going to do is we're going to take that concept and we're going to choose one quarterback, one running back, and two wide receivers from four different decades. Meaning if I choose a quarterback from the 90s, I cannot choose anyone else for those other three positions from the 90s. And I'm going to throw a monkey wrench in this, Chris. I'm going to say you and I cannot duplicate the same player either. Oh, you're going you're gonna to make it difficult here. I am. Now, I will, since I threw this on you last second here, I am going to be kind and let you go first so you can be the first one to choose. And if you're listening to this, play along at home with us. And we will post this tomorrow on our on our social media sites, and we would love to see what you have come up with as well. And we might even let you vote between Chris and I and who you think chose the best four. So, Chris, since uh, you, you are my elder <laughs> and I am throwing this on you, I will let you go first, and you can choose from any of those positions. Quarterback, running back, wide, wide receiver, and we are choosing two wide receivers. Well, I'll tell you, this was not easy, Eric. Not not on any of these positions. Uh, I'll tell you what. Let's let's just start at the quarterback position. You know, there was a lot of guys to choose from. I went with one who, you know, the action was limited. He only had 22 games with us, but I went with Justin Fields. Very well, yeah. Okay. Justin had you know a completion rating of 68.4%, 5,373 yards, 63 touchdowns. And nine INTs, and he did that really in a year and a half, because 2020, you know, was such a jacked up year. We had shortened season due to COVID. Let me tell you, that kid showed a lot of not only physical toughness but mental toughness through that season. I'm not just talking about that Clemson game where he put us over the top. Right. I mean the the whole thing, you know, the just the mental 
acuity it took to basically do what he did in 2020 without but maybe a handful of practices the whole year. Mm-hmm. So for those reasons, I went with Justin Fields. Okay. Very well. <clears throat> Since you went quarterback, I'm going to go running back first. And I, I, I've, I had it down to two. I can, and they're both Heisman Trophy winners. And I thought to myself, <laughs> okay, what am I going to do here? And I think I'm going to go with the person who I think, even though he isn't the two-time Heisman Trophy winner, uh, could still probably play today. Not that Archie couldn't. I think he Archie could play. If Archie could play in like a seniors tour of football, he could still do it, man. I'm going with Eddie George from the 1990s. So that takes away the decade of the 90s for me. But I'm going to take Eddie George as my running back. I just, I just think he's one of the greatest of all time, obviously. And I still think when people think of running backs, there's, there's the argument between he – Zeke and Griffin, I really think, are the three that most people argue about as being the best. I'm going to take Eddie George. Well, that's kind of cool. I actually, I actually did go with Archie, but I had that same choice. It was down to those two. Uh, and, and then, honestly, the second Heisman is what put it over the top for me. So, um, well, make sure and save him. Don't go there next, because now you want your, you want to take your pick of the choice at the wide receiver position. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, I, I the wide receivers were the toughest ones for me. I agree. Because we had so many great wide receivers. Um, you know, I'm going to go with one who, you know, personally, I think toughest. You know what? No, I'm going to hold that one off. I'm going to hold that one off for just a minute. I'm going to hold it for my second receiver. I'm going to go with. Our career receiving yards leader, Michael Jenkins, you know, 2,898 yards, fourth in receptions, and arguably the most important and exciting catch in Buckeye history. Yeah. Holy Buckeye. Holy Buckeye. Yeah, that's a good – you know what? I I did have him on my possible list, but I'm glad you didn't take him because I'm going back to the player who I think – offensively represents the 1980s greater than any other offensive player during that decade. And that's Chris Carter, the hall. Uh, I took number two for you. were going to go with them, didn't you? Weren't you? I was originally going to go with Carter. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to go with Carter who represents the 1980s and Jenkins represents the two thousands for you. Um, so the two thousand from 2000 to 2010. Um, so that means you can come right back now. And you and go for another wide receiver if I were you, since you know that you've got Archie sitting there for you on that fourth pick. Yeah, yeah. So, well, I'll tell you, you got me with Carter. So I'll tell you, what, I'll, I'll jump to the '90s. Give me the late '90s. Give me David Boston. Mm-hmm. I knew you were going to do that. Yeah. I mean, you want to talk about someone who was built like a Mack truck, man. Oh, man. Tremendous. That guy is just he's a, a Adonis. You know what I'm saying? And that's so kind of you because because you could have. Well, I guess you couldn't because you went with Justin Fields there. Right. Right. So, so I, couldn't, I couldn't take your uh, your sixth grade shirt, Eric. Which, you know, I'm going to do, man. I'm going to go too. The, I'm going to go with the silky smooth Chris Olave. I mean, he's he's one of my all-time favorites. He's probably my favorite wide receiver to ever play at Ohio State. Now, I, I will make this argument here, uh, uh, Chris, um, Chris, and I want you to tell me what you think. 
Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, Jackson Smith, and the Jigba. Is JSN the best one? You know what? Athletically, I'm going to say he's probably the superior. And and it looks like he's going to be if he if his next year is a repeat of what we saw, not just last year, but if it's a repeat of what we saw, especially in that Rose Bowl game, you know, I, I don't think that there there's any argument. Um, but you know what? It's it's tough to say because I'll tell you, those were three guys that it, it's almost hard to imagine. What would it, the stats would have been for the other two had one of them not been there the entire season? Yeah. Because these guys easily all could have gone probably over 1,500 yards if you didn't have them well, just all toying around 1,000. Just look at what, the, what happened in the Rose Bowl without yeah. Olave and Wilson there. Yeah. I mean, it was a record-setting night. Well, and, you know, I don't, I don't think – I think without question that JSN – Olave and Wilson were the greatest combination ever oh, at Ohio greatest, State. Greatest wide receiver tr- a tandem and and tr- or I guess probably in know, college football history. I, I agree. I, I can't. I mean, I know Alabama might argue with us on one, and I know there was some some really good wide receiver tandems back in the early two thousands when they had the air raid offense was coming uh, coming about, and you had down in Texas Tech, and yeah, and I know Miami would argue with us back when Irvin played there and some of those guys, but. But but I'll tell you, we could see that again, Eric. There's the talent in that room to duplicate that. There really is. I know. Is. I know. That's crazy. All right. So that means you're going to go with Archie, isn't it? Yes. Yep. I'm going with the two-time Heisman Trophy winner. I mean, 5,589 yards in four seasons, 30 touchdowns. And Eric, he did this in an era where we had fewer games and we were slowing it down. So. Right. All right, so that means your four are Justin Fields from the 2010s and I guess at, uh, the 2020s. Yeah, he was tough. He really eliminated two two decades for me because he split the decades. Archie Griffin in your backfield from the 70s. David Boston from the 90s. And Michael Jenkins from the 2000s. And that game means I got to get a quarterback. And you know I'm going to go with another Heisman Trophy winner, Troy Smith. Uh, hard not to. It's it's really hard not to. I still think he's one of the greatest quarterbacks in Ohio State history. I think he was before his time. I think he comes about uh, ten to twelve years later. He's probably playing in the. He probably had an NFL career, uh, where you know, based off of his size in the NFL, it was just something that they steered away from. Of course, now you got people like Patrick Mahomes and guys like that who are Troy Smith size. So, well, Russell Wilson, perfect example, right there. Perfect example. Yep. Troy Smith, Eddie George. So Troy Smith from the 2000s, Eddie George from the 90s, Chris Olave from the 210s and 220s, and Chris Carter from the 1980s. I, I got a nice little spread there. We'll put these two teams up against these 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 four, these um, quartets, I guess we'll call them. We'll put them up against one another, let you, the fans, vote on who you think picked the better quartet, and then we'll see what also you guys come up with as the best four quartet from uh, different decades. A lot of fun. Good idea, Nick and uh, Jason. That was awesome on your show. And, and we just decided to copy it and bring it over here to the OHIO podcast as well. All right. Before we turn the page, Chris, and we look towards 2022, I wanted to reflect on 2021. 
we have we've been I mean, since the season ended, we really dove into what's the what's the transition of this team this offseason. We have done so many shows since the Rose Bowl, Chris, on recruiting the turnover on this team, the coaching staff and and that turnover. And I, I d- just feel like we didn't take enough time to really look back on the 2021 season and reflect on it. And I thought one of the ways we could do that tonight is by giving our top three moments from the 2021 season. Now, how we're going to do this is we'll do two, uh, two on-field moments and one off-the-field moment, and it can be personal for us. So that being said, let's start with the two on-field. You give me your number two on-field moment from 2021 season for Ohio State, Chris. Well, I'll tell you, I think for me it was uh, when, when, when Sparty came to town. Uh, Ohio State, you know, just systematically dismantled this team that was supposed to have this tremendous running back who was going to just tear our defense apart. Uh, you know, they had this great defense who was going to shut us down. Of course, you know, the the defensive backs, we, we saw just how vulnerable they really were. And uh, CJ lit them up for, what, six touchdowns that day? Yeah. And a 56-7 to win. So for me, that was number two. Awesome. Number two for me was actually a game that we actually went to Pittsburgh for a show for, which I'll talk about in just a moment. But uh, we were basically driving back from the show in the second half, watching this moment take place on your cell phone. (laughs) And that was the 41-20 win over Tulsa when Travion Henderson burst onto the scene with 23 carries for 270 yards and three touchdowns. Those 270 yards, Chris, was an all-time freshman rushing record in a single game, overtaking the spot from your running back on your quartet, Archie Griffin, who set that mark back, I believe, against North Carolina, I want to say, as a freshman. That Uh, sounds right. So that that was a special moment for Henderson. And as we look back on that moment, I really feel that that was his coming out party, Chris. And as we're going to talk about here shortly, I feel like he is on the verge of becoming a Zeke George Griffin-esque running back for Ohio State who could be mentioned in that list of not only top 10, but could he reach even the top five, top four and maybe even more than that. I think it's really going to be hard to overtake Eddie George and Archie Griffin, but can he reach that Zeke? I think he's got the potential to be J.K. Dobbins and maybe even a little better. What are your thoughts on that, Chris? Oh, I agree with you 100%. I think this kid, we we saw a tremendous freshman season out of him, which gives him an advantage over a lot of these guys. Um, I mean, you mentioned Zeke and, and J.K., who both you know did very well as freshmen as well. Uh, but yeah, I think this kid could be a top three running back in Ohio state history before his career is done. I really do. Number one on the field moment for you. Had to be the Rose bowl, Eric. Oh, it's had to be be. right. Great game, shorthanded team. I think, and I said this in one of our previous podcasts, I think this was Ryan day's best coaching performance that he's put on just because of what he was without during that game, coming off a a loss to that team up north, facing a very feisty Utah team, 
you know, they had a slow start, but they overcame the slow start, come back, win 48-45. For me, that was definitely number one. Oh, without a doubt, mine as well. The records that C.J. Stroud set, 573, six touchdowns, like you said, JSN, 347 on 15 grabs, three touchdowns, also a Rose Bowl record. I think that was a bowl record overall, I believe. It was. And you know what? We saw a little bit of a coming out party there for Marvin Harrison Jr. as well. We did, and that really wet our whistle for what we possibly could be seeing this year, that without a shadow of a doubt. Now, it's really interesting that you you brought that up because as I reflect on that moment, going back to the, the week prior to the Rose Bowl, and really two weeks prior to that, there was a lot of talk about who might possibly sit out. And there was a lot of angry Ohio State fans, Chris, who were very upset that these guys were sitting out. And as I recall, I believe it was uh, Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson. Um, we had um, the offensive lineman. Um, who am I thinking of? Fair. I want to. What was that? No, Jeb. Oh, I want to say Jack. Pete, yeah, there you go. Pete Ferrer. I wanted to say Jay, Jackson Smith the Jig, but I'm like, that's, that's not his name. Yes, Nicholas Petit Ferrer. And then you also had Haskell Garrett sitting out, too, which was, you know, very interesting. Of course, now we know. And then didn't we have an injury who was actually out as well that was pretty that, significant? That was Harry, That was Garrett, Haskell Garrett. Yeah. Haskell Garrett didn't play because of the injury. And, of course, a lot of people thought he was sitting out for the NFL draft, and here he didn't even get drafted. So we know that wasn't the case. Um, it, he, he just really was hurt. So, you know, very interesting that that took place and all those fans were so upset. And then what does Ohio State do? They go out and they have just a miraculous offensive comeback performance, record setting performance uh, on the offensive side. But that also means that the defense really, really had a bad day and, and really a terrible first half. Uh, and then that game, which we hope is going to be fixed, Chris, without a shadow of doubt. In all honesty, given how good our offense was, if our defense would have played anywhere near as good as like what they did say against Michigan State, that game should not have been as close as it was. Oh, no, not even close. So, yeah, I mean, sometimes those great moments happen, but they happen because of ungreatness from the other side of the ball, which was the case in uh, here. All right. Now let's each choose one moment from the 2021 season off the field. It could be personal. It could be something from the team, whatever, Chris, but what was your, what was your favorite off the field moment in 2021? Well, Eric, I've got two that I just can't choose between. Beautiful. Give them the first one though, was Chris Olave announcing his return. Um, for me, that was, that was huge, uh, for the whole season. Um, and then the other one would be honestly the Purdue game. And let me tell you why, because it was the first time I got to take my daughter to a Ohio state game. Very good. So there was just very special significance in that for me. That's awesome. So for me personally, we took the show on the road and And when we did that, we had the opportunity to meet several different alumni clubs, including um, the alumni club in Pittsburgh, the alumni club here in Delaware County. And then we also went to Northeast Ohio, the alumni club of Northeast Ohio, Greater Cleveland. And we got to meet some really, really special people. They had a band, Eric. 
I know they had this awesome alumni band and I loved that moment. And every time they, we got a touchdown, they would get up and they would play. And that was a game where we scored a lot of touchdowns, Chris, because it was against Indiana, man. So that was a lot of fun. And we got to meet so many great people. And Chris, I am so looking forward to doing that again this season. And that is why I chose for our interview uh, session after we come back from commercial break. I chose to play a snippet of when we were on the road because I want people to hear how fun it is when we get to meet these different people, interact with them, ask them questions, do trivia, hand out prizes. It's just so much fun, and I'm really looking forward to doing it again this year, Chris. Oh, so am I, Eric. I can't wait, and I'll tell you what. If every alumni club in the country called us and wanted us to come and do it, I'd find a way to get us there, you know, (laughs) just because it is that much fun to get out and, you know, hang out with the the other alumni, um, to hang out with these people who are just so passionate about Ohio State football, just as passionate as we are about it. You know, that that's the real joy. I mean, and then, of course, like you said, meeting the people, meeting guys like Mike Wargo, you know, such a blast. Anytime we get to hang out with Mike. Uh, not only did we do the event there in Pittsburgh, but he stopped by our tailgate that we did down there for the spring game. Uh, you know, getting to meet guys like Eric Osbeck, who's come to a couple of our events. Yes. You know, great guy. Um, yeah, that that that's the joy in what we do. And I think that, you know, you mentioned our standing as number 23 among Ohio State podcasts and not being associated with a major media outlet. Well, that's that's the, the what we get. We get that because we're not associated with a major media outlet. We get that joy of that personal interaction that they don't get. Yeah, don't don't take what I'm about to say wrong um, because I feel there's really, really good media members out there, oh, there who, are. Give, who give you really honest, true, good content without it being um, slanted. Um, and there are some who are big-time Buckeye fans who still work in the media – um, and I know a couple of them, and I appreciate the fact that they're able to still be professional while being fans. But that's what makes us different than a lot of them, Chris, is we are fans and we are passionate about the Buckeyes, just as passionate as you are who are listening to this podcast. Um, that's why you're listening to us right now at the end of May to uh, Ohio State podcast when the Buckeyes are 97 days away from right now, when as we record this, Chris, from even kicking off the season, because you're just as passionate as we are. And so I think that's what makes us a little bit different, Chris, is because we do have a love for the Scarlet and Gray. We go to the games as fans. We don't go sit in a media box. We don't go to the press conferences and ask questions. We're sitting with you cheering and watching this game uh, as fans and watching this team as fans. And then we come back and we, we talk about it. And that's what makes us a little bit different, Chris. And I've said when asked, you know, where where would this where you plan on taking this podcast? I really don't know that we're going to go too much further than where we are outside of maybe hopefully doing a couple different media things as far as like, or I should say medium, not media, but medium, you know, as such as video possibly down the road, things of that nature. Because I don't want to lose my fandom. I don't want to become jaded by the behind the scenes stuff. That the, it seems like happens to people in the media, Chris. Well, you you don't want it to become a job. Exactly. That's what it comes down to. 
as much fun as, as it is and as much as we could sit here and yeah, it'd be great to, to get talk, you know, get paid to talk about Ohio State sports all the time. But you know what? The fact is, there's a responsibility that comes with that that I'm with you. I just don't want to bear that. I, I would much rather just do what we do. Yeah. And, and here's here's the thing. I, I, I know several people in the media, and I'll be honest with you. It's not a bad gig. They they make good money, but they they don't make a ton of money like some of some people think they do. Uh, these these guys are normal guys, you know, with mortgages and car payments and everything else. They're not. I mean, they're living paycheck to paycheck, you know, just like most people. They're not living in in uh, million dollar homes around Central Ohio. Okay, um, so you know. If for for me to leave my position at where I would work and to go into the media, Chris, I don't think it would be worth worth it for us. Plus, like you said, we're fans. I don't want to lose that man. So why would I why would I leave a job where I make good money, I can be a fan and go to games to now go to games for free and hate what I do? <laughs> you know what I mean? Although, you know, if if Ohio State decided they wanted to go ahead and start sending us some press tickets, that would be okay. <laughs> that would be okay, I guess. But here's the thing. You can't talk in the press box. You can't cheer. I would get kicked out of that press box so fast. Well, you I know, would, they can just give us sideline tickets here. There you go. <laughs> that would be better. They could just put me in the front row. How about that? You know, I'll just, yeah. I'll Absolutely. All right, guys. So let's turn the page from 2021. And we'll, we might revisit 2021, but it will be in the form of previewing 2022. Okay. But let's start our 2022 previews. And we're going to start by going into positions in the Big Ten. Let's rank our top 10 running backs in the Big Ten coming into the 2022 season. Chris, I assume we'll start at 10 and work our way down to number one, if that sounds good to you. Works and I for will, me. I'll let you go first. Who is the number 10 running back in the Big Ten coming into the 2022 season, Chris? Well, I'll tell you, before I get started, Eric, let me tell you, in, in, in compiling my list, I noticed the Big Ten – is in a position of serious haves and have-nots. Oh, yeah. Whether it's from graduation or what, because I've got several teams who don't have a guy in this top ten. Uh, me and too. And I've got some that have multiple. Me too. <laughs> and I'm going to start out with one of those multiples right now, and that is number ten, uh, Ches Malusi, who's at Wisconsin. Last season, you know, cut short by injury, but 173 yards, 815 carries, and five touchdowns before going down. I think Wisconsin has a tremendous one-two punch there. I've got Malusi at number 10. I am going with a team that I have multiple, multiple running backs, and that's our Buckeyes. Number 10 for me is a guy who I think showed out in the spring game and is has earned the right to have possible carries coming in to the 2022 season. And if there is an injury to one of our top two backs, yep. I believe this guy could have a huge season, and that's Evan Pryor. He was a high, high four-star recruit. Uh, in the 2021 class, he did not get much playing time last year, but due to some, due to some unfortunate injuries in that running back room, Chris, Evan Pryor is that number three guy, and I think he is going to get some carries this year 
automatically, even at that number three spot. And if there is an injury, God forbid, to one of our top two packs, I believe Evan Pryor slides right in there and we do not miss a beat, Chris. So I have I have Evan Pryor number 10. Number nine. Yeah. So if you remember right, last year I predicted that Henderson was going to break that that uh, lineup early and get that number one spot. Well, guess what? I'm calling for that again. This time, though, it's with Penn State. I'm taking Nick Singleton. I think, you know, Cave Young Lee gets the nod at number one to start the season. He's a decent back. But look for the true freshman Singleton to come in, and much as Henderson did for the Buckeyes last year, take over that number one spot sooner rather than later. I think he has a big year. Yeah, that's a good one. Good one, Chris. I don't have him in my top 10, and I know Kevin, if he's listening to this, is probably throwing something at at his computer screen, or he just shut me off for saying that. Um, but I don't have anybody in the Penn State in top 10, but that is a good one, and, and I appreciate you bringing him in. Number nine for me, and trust me, I wonder if I shouldn't change my pick to yours here. I got Evan Hall from Northwestern. Now, the reason why I have him in here, and, and I know what you're saying, Northwestern was absolutely putrid offensively last year, and that is absolutely true. They were terrible. But their run game wasn't bad. 1,009 1, yards and seven touchdowns last year for Evan Hall, and he's back, and the majority of that offensive line is back. And if you know anything about uh, Patty Fitz, he's going to run the football I think Evan Hall has got an opportunity to be like a 12 or 1300 yard back every other year, Eric, every other year. It seems like Northwestern does it in the West, don't they? So let's see if Evan Hall can possibly lead them there. He's number nine for me. Number eight, Chris. Uh, Number eight. I went over to the Boilermakers. I'm going with King Daru. You know, as a freshman, he ran 135 times for 533, two touchdowns. Uh, you know, we saw some flashes in, in some limited time as a freshman. I think that he really shows out this year. I've got him at number eight. Number eight for me is over there in Illinois country, the fighting Illini, where Chase Brown is still there. It feels like Chase. I feel like Chase Brown has been there for decades, it seems like, Chris. And, and he is always solid. He had another 1,005 yards last season on a, a, an Illinois team that is improving. Now, they're living and dying by the portal, it seems like, and I wouldn't be surprised if Illinois takes a step back this year and doesn't crack, you know, close to that 500 record that they were so close in getting to uh, last year. But because they had a lot of a lot of fifth year seniors and, and COVID seniors on that team and guys who they brought in through the transfer portal who were upperclassmen. We'll see if Illinois can do it again. I'm not expecting much from them this season, Chris, but I do think Chase Brown is one of the lone bright spots on that team. He's at number eight for me. Number seven. You know, you've got a couple of guys ranked a little bit lower than me here, but uh, number seven, you know, I'd like to have put this guy higher, but coming off of an injury and given that I think he's going to be splitting time. Really? You're going to go, you're going to put him here. I am. I kept him back because I think you're going to see him split in time. They've got three pretty good running backs up there, and he is coming off injury. And all I can think is what happened with Master Teague when he came off a major injury Ooh. like that. Ooh. That stuck in my head. So, yeah, I'm going with Ibrahim here, Eric. Even though he's exceeded 1,000 yards twice in his career, yeah, 
you know, he's he's he was a Heisman favorite coming into last year. Mm-hmm. I, I just can't get over the injury. I don't okay. know that he overcomes. Although reports were good as early as March that he was, you know, back in non-contact practice very early on. I have him much, much higher than you. That's very interesting. Number seven for me is a name none of you even know yet. I said yet. And that is because last time Michigan State went to the transfer portal to get somebody, that guy became a Heisman hopeful until he ran into Columbus. And that's Jarek Broussard, the new transfer running back from Michigan State. He's coming in from Colorado last season where he only rushed for 661 yards, which isn't great. But given this offense that MSU runs and the way – uh, that they run that they run the football. I think Jarek Broussard is in line to become that next transfer into the Big Ten that really jumps onto the scene with a, a lot of 100 plus yard games. I just I just think Mel Tucker's got something going there at Michigan State when it comes to running the football. Jarek Broussard, number seven for me. Number six, Chris. Well, Eric, we're gonna we're gonna revisit one of yours here. Um, I went with Evan Hall from Northwestern here. I'm not going to regurgitate the stats. Let me just say, say that I, too, think he could be a 12-, 1,300-yard back. This is the, uh, the the good year on Northwestern's calendar, so I'm looking for a solid year from him. All right. Don't shoot me, people. Number six. We're going to take a little trip, stay up in the uh, the Mitten State. Donovan Edwards is number six for me. Now, he's not done it on the field uh, statistically, but when he did get healthy at the end of the season last year, we saw flashes of a very good running back. Now, keep in mind, Donovan Edwards was the one who Ohio State kind of turned away because they got Travion Henderson and Evan Pryor, and then that's when the the loserines gobbled him up. And I would not be surprised, even though Blake Corum is higher on my list than Donovan Edwards, that by the end of the year, Chris, Donovan Edwards isn't their number one back. So there you go. I don't know what you if I don't know. I, I, I hear the silence. I can tell you're mad at me. <laughs> no, I'm not mad at all. I think it's a. You know, I think that is a legitimate prediction. You know, I do have quorum higher, but, it, you know, it wouldn't surprise me. It really wouldn't. All right, let's do our top five then, Chris. Number five for you. Well, I'll tell you what. Here's where I came in with uh, Chase Brown at. Uh, I do think he's going to have a pretty solid season this season. Um, I like what Birdie's doing over there at Illinois. Uh, you know, and Chase Brown is one of the only two guy or the only returning running back who has two of the top 17 performances from last season. Just saying, this kid's solid. I look He's for him solid. to have a good year. Number five. Number five for me. Let's go back to Ohio State. Mayan Williams, baby. Here are some interesting stats for you. Now, he he's the solid number two to Henderson. We know that. But listen to this. You know who led the, the Big Ten last year with 7.1 yards per attempt? Well, that'd be Mayan Williams. And who also led the Big Ten with .44 missed tackles per attempt, meaning so, he almost made someone miss every time, every one out of two carries, which was best in the Big Ten as well? That'd yeah. be Mayan Williams again, man. 
Mayan Williams, you're going to uh, you're going to have to feed him the football because every time he touches it, it's impressive, Chris. Now, he's dealt with injuries and he was one of the guys who was trying to be poached big time off our roster by teams. He was oh, being yeah. offered all kinds of NIL deals from around the country to come be a number one. He decided to stay at Ohio State. He didn't just stay to be just a backup. He is going to get playing time at Ohio State with the number ones on the field. So Travion Henderson's not going to be able to run the football 40 times a game, guys. You're going to need someone like Mayan Williams to carry some of that load. And again, if Henderson were to go down with an injury, I am I am just as fine with Mayan Williams as my number one back, Chris. Oh, yeah, yeah. And that's actually why I've got him slated next as well. Beautiful. Go for it. Nope, I've got I've got mine in here next, so I'm not I'm not going to regurgitate everything you did, like you said. 71 carries, 507 yards, 71 yards per, three touchdowns, and really he was limited in his action, Eric. He was. He was. Ohio State has the completely has the potential to have 2,000 yard rushers. Absolutely. But if we do that, that means that. Yeah, CJ is going to have to be happy with only should throw him for about 3,500 yards. <laughs> true, true. Number four for me, Blake Corum. 952 yards last season as the backup or as the number two back there. He's now the man of the of the show, and Sean will tell you that Blake Corum is great. But, again, I would not be shocked if Donovan Edwards takes his position by the end of the year. I just, just throwing that out there. But Blake Corum for me is number four. Number three for you, Chris. Well, I've got Blake Corman at number three, Eric. So we're we're starting to sync up again. Yeah. Uh, you know, like you said, he was a he, he was basically a uh, did shared duty with uh, Haskins last year. Still put up nearly a thousand yards and eleven touchdowns. Um, but you know what? Now he's got to be the number one. Can he handle that burden? I don't know. You could be right. We might see Edwards as that number one before the season ends. Number three for me. Let's go to whiskey. Br- uh, Braylon Allen. 1,268 yards and 12 touchdowns last year as a freshman. It just seems like it doesn't matter, Chris, who they put in the backfield in Wisconsin. It's going to be good, and he's going to be there for at least three seasons. They're doing it again. Braylon Allen will be a sophomore this year at Wisconsin, and I think a lot of the success that Wisconsin is going to have is going to ride on his shoulders leading that team from the backfield. Number two for you. This is where I've got Braylon in. I'll tell you what, you look at Ohio State, Michigan, Wisconsin, and Minnesota, those four teams have the best one-two punch. I mean, they've really got tremendous one-two punch at the running back, specifically Ohio State and Wisconsin. Um, yeah, I've got, I've got Ed, uh, Allen in at number two. I know you got probably somebody from Minnesota in at number two. Yes, big time. I put Muhammad Ibrahim here. Now, I think Muhammad Ibrahim, well, first off, he's the only guy on this list who's a two-time 1,000-yard rusher. And he would have been a three-time 1,000-yard rusher last year if he wouldn't have got hurt. And it was really unfortunate that he did. But, however, I believe Muhammad Ibrahim, if healthy, and as you say, that is a big if, and I will admit that, but if he is healthy – he is hands down going to be one of the top three running backs in the Big Ten. Do you disagree or agree with me? I'll tell you, Eric, I'm torn. I'm going to disagree, and this is why. I don't think they give him a real heavy workload. 
not out of the gate. Um, I think that he, by midseason, is the number one back in carrying the ball probably twice as much as the other two guys combined. But I think that first part of the season, I think he's going to be slowly reintegrated. I don't see them giving him 25 carries a game. Um, I think he's probably more on a 15 carry to 20 carry a game max um, that first part of the season. And so I, I would say if he's healthy, he's definitely top five. That I'll give you. But I think you've got two other good running backs up there. They're not Ibrahim good if he's 100%. But I think you'll see them use lean on those guys a lot through, I'd say, at least the first three games minimum. Which means the number one running back in the Big Ten heading into the 2022 season, no surprise to any of you, should be, Chris, let's talk about Travion. Oh, man, the kid was amazing. He came out there just like I predicted, Eric. Throwing it out there. 183 yards, 1200, or 183 carries, 1,248 yards, 15 touchdowns, 6.8 a carry. Uh, you know, he, he was came up big multiple times in the receiving game as well. Just a tremendous, tremendous, you know, asset for the Buckeyes. And the thing is, we were so good last year. Um, that I think if we had a fully healthy complement of running backs behind him the whole year, he might not have had to have had that many carries. I'm really surprised that he did, to be honest. Um, because there, you remember the beginning of the season, he was what averaging eight, nine carries a game, it seemed. Right. But he was getting a hundred yards doing it. Uh huh. Um, so it wouldn't surprise me with a healthy Mayan Williams back. If you don't see the carries drop a little bit, but I don't think you see the production drop. I think you see the yard per carry up. I think you still see the touchdowns in that. I, I'm predicting this guy to have at least a 20 touchdown season. It very well could. I mean, those those stats, 15 touchdowns, 12, uh, 1,248 yards. Awesome. Just awesome. And now that we know he's starting the season as the number one back, it'll be very, very interesting to see what he does to start the season off against Notre Dame, because I'm going to be very intrigued as we get into the season to find out how Notre Dame is going to try to stop this offense. If they try to stop everything, then they're going to leave something open. They're going to have to commit to either stopping the pass or stopping the run. If they try to stop the pass, which is what I think they're going to lean on to do, I think Travion Henderson could have himself a huge game against Notre Dame on national TV to start the season, which could, which could begin his campaign to win the Heisman Trophy as a sophomore at Ohio State, the first one to do so since Archie Griffin. So there I'm, you I'm have I'm just going to throw it out there, Eric. I think we have two Heisman finalists this year. Maybe three. Possibly. I mean, could you I, think, think- I think we have at least two finalists, possibly three. Um, the the other thing is, and I love this, Henderson's going to have to stay on top of his game and keep putting up those numbers because I'll tell you, I think Mayan Williams is hungry. Mm-hmm. He, want, he wants him to feed him the ball. He is hungry, 
And I think that it's great. I think that it's great these days. I think these two guys will push each other to the point where they're both better. Yes. I agree completely with you. Chris, thanks again, man, for jumping on here, playing Hurt today. I appreciate that. We're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, you're going to love the love this. I've been, I've been hanging on to this for a while. This is an audio clip for one of our uh, shows that we did. Uh, I believe this one is in Parma. Uh, it's in Parma, uh, Ohio, up there in the Northeast Alumni Association. You're going to hear from several people who were in the band who were a part of the show. It was so much fun up there. Um, and I think you also get to hear from the president of the alumni club, or the assistant president of the alumni club there of Greater Cleveland and Northeast Ohio. Uh, enjoy this interview. And again, we will let you know where we're going to be in 2022. Right now, we do know we have one confirmed date. We will be in Pittsburgh with the Pittsburgh Alumni Association once again this season. And we will be there for the Wisconsin game. So when uh, uh, the Buckeyes take on uh, uh, Bucky Badger, we're going to be there with bells on with the uh, alumni in Pittsburgh, giving them a great pregame show and getting them prepared for what will be hopefully an Ohio State win against Wisconsin. Hey, Eric, does Go that mean it. there's still dates available? That means there's still some dates available. Yep, absolutely. So if you're a part of an alumni association and you want Chris, myself, Nick Delanitis to come on out and give you guys a great pregame show, Contact us. You can email us at theohiopodcast at gmail.com. Again, theohiopodcast at gmail.com or, or get in touch with us on Twitter or Facebook. Either way, and we will uh, hopefully set something up with you guys. Yeah, there's got to be a there's got to be a alumni club down there in Texas somewhere who'd love to get us reunited with Aaron for a oh, show. Boy, I love that, man. I would love that. I also heard that Sarasota's pretty nice that time of season. <clears throat> Lenny. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that, that'd be nice. All right, guys. Uh, we'll be right back after this commercial break. And um, by the way, real quick, um, happy Memorial Day. And thank you to each and every single one of you who have served or have someone who have served in the military. And, of course, this is the holiday where we honor our fallen. May God bless each and every single one of those true American heroes. Hang tight, everybody. The OHIO Podcast is brought to you by Mastermind. Mastermind specializes in 360-degree high-definition mobile video mapping, GIS integration, and traffic safety studies. Mastermind cares about traffic safety and keeping you safe on the roadway. Visit Mastermind at OnlineMastermind.com. of Greater Cleveland, or Greater Northeast Ohio, I guess it is. Give me an I-O. O-H! O-H! Who brought the drum? Who's my man? Come on down, let's talk to you. I gotta know, were you in the band? Yes! We've got a band member. Give that man a mic. Let's talk to him. We got a band that's going to play? Realize about two minutes before kickoff, you got shut. Oh, we're gonna be done. We'll be done. You better be. We're taking over. I love it. I love it. Yeah, we need to do a little script, Ohio. All right. How long you been banging that drum, brother? I play trumpet. Okay. How long? Let's see. How old is it? About fifty plus years. Beautiful. So 
you were in the band back in Ohio State and, and when? Give me, give me some years here. <laughs> he says from 1970 to 73. Thank you, Dwayne. All right, 1970 to 73. And what was your what was your favorite game when you were around the band? What do you remember, man? My last game, Ohio State beat USC in the 1974 Rose Bowl. Oh. Now, one of the things that was interesting was the band had in their halftime show the little Mickey Mouse March. When the game was all over, the band with about a hundred and 120-piece harmony was singing M-I-C-K-E-Y Bucks beat U-S. Oh, yeah! <laughs> Woo! I love it, man. I can't wait to hear you bang that drum. We've got the president from this uh, club here. Steve's with us today. Steve, president-elect. That's Real right. Oh, uh, good to have you with us, man. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Give us some. Give hey, us. Thanks, guys, for being here. Yeah, we're. It's exciting. We're glad to be here. Great crowd. A great atmosphere. Tell us about yourself. How long you been president, and how many members do you have, Steve? You got all kinds of members, man. Yeah. So this is actually the Ohio State Alumni Association Club of Greater Cleveland. So. We'll We'll be selling 50-50 raffles. Gotcha. And Hawkeye necklaces for $10 a piece. Uh, throughout the game, we'll be drawing the 50-50 raffle at halftime. Beautiful. We, um, the money and all the, the, the money that uh, the club takes in actually goes directly to scholarship funds. So for kids in the greater Cleveland area who end up uh, going to the Ohio State University, yes. uh, we, we give out scholarships every year. All right. So, when you purchase 50-50s, when you purchase Buckeye necklaces, and helping more uh, kids from Cleveland go to Ohio State University. That's a beautiful thing. And, hey, not, not to steal what they've got, we've got some merch up here. We drove all the way up from Columbus. If you guys want to give a donation, take home a T-shirt, we'd be happy to that, let you do that as well. But make sure you participate in this. It goes to a great cause, sending more kids to The Ohio State University. I love it. And how long have you guys been doing uh, your thing? We are on, this is our third season. Okay. It's our third season. We started in 2019, and we keep growing. We call ourselves the best fan podcast driven by fans. We are not in the media. We are just like all of you. Uh, we are fans, students, and we love Ohio State. We've been taking this thing on the road this year. We've gone and, and celebrated with the club in Pittsburgh. We've celebrated with you guys. We're going to be in Columbus uh, with the Delaware County Club in a couple weeks. Uh, we've been over in Marion, and so uh, Marion, Ohio, that is so we're excited to be here with all of you guys and to watch this game with so many great Buckeyes tonight yeah, yeah. give me a halftime score Steve Ooh, halftime halftime Bucks are going to be up 28 to 3 28 to 3 hey Steve just so you know I think I think our boy here needs some necklaces <laughs> He needs a couple. If he wants to donate to uh, kids going to Ohio State in scholarships, we can sell them for $10. <laughs> I love it. Either three or four or five more. All right, Steve, why don't you take it over? Let's get this band fired up. I'm pumped. Oh, come, let's sing Ohio's praise and songs through While our hearts rebounding thrill And joy which death alone can still 
summer's heat or winter's cold. The seasons pass, the years will roll. Time and change will surely show how firm thy friendship. Oh, hi, oh.